You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Betting Card. Getting you ready for all the biggest games across the college sports world. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Welcome, welcome, welcome to BetQLU. As the introduction suggests, my name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at JWright929ESPN. I'm the host of the Gene Otto and Jeffrey Show here in Memphis, Tennessee, weekdays 2 until 4 local time. You can stream live on the Odyssey app. My co-host, my partner in crime, is RJ Choppy, of course, the co-host of Sean and RJ, 5.30 till 10 a.m. on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. He's on Twitter at RJ Choppy. RJ, what's going on? Man, it is, uh, it is that time. We are getting to crunch time of the regular season. Uh, the, 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 one of the best weekends in, uh, in, in all the college slate was what we had, 150 games last week, and then this week it continues. Let's do it. Ready to go. We'll get into college basketball next segment. Let's get into... I guess it's news of the week. It's something that you and I, I feel like we've been talking about it ever since we began this show. It's what is the future of the playoff? And we learned this week that the playoff indeed will not expand throughout the length of its contract. So I believe that means 2026. I want to start here, RJ. This is what I found fascinating. So after STC goes and gets Oklahoma and Texas and the the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, a.k.a. the Alliance, they announced that they will be coming together in a gentleman's agreement. They're going to shake hands firmly, look each other in the eye, and they're going to do what's right for the world of college athletics. Well, they tried to deny it was a voting block. And everyone that anyone that has a brain knew that that was an absolute sham to begin with. They claimed it was a scheduling alliance more than anything. We get comments from Ohio State's athletic director. The scheduling aspect of the alliance is essentially done. And we find out that the final vote of this entire alliance was the only three that voted against the playoff expansion was indeed the alliance. So let's start there because that right there admits publicly that it was nothing more than a voting block. I have this question for you. How confident are you that this is going to expand? That's like at the end, you know, even after 26, because I, there's still this thought, that, well, it's inevitable. It's going to expand. It's going to expand. Yeah. I feel like I'm the only person with his hand raised going, says who? Like who trusts anyone to do it? Like they can't, right. they couldn't even get this done. And it was the most popular piece of a, a proposal I've seen in years. It's the most universally praised thing I've ever seen in college sports. Who, why does anyone have confidence in this thing? I, I don't have a ton of confidence uh, that it gets done. Uh, now, I will say this. It, it'll get done if, if two things happen. One, there's more conference realignment, and it becomes basically two super leagues or whatever. Or two, the other way it, it might get done, uh, quite frankly, is the other the SEC basically giving up and saying, okay, everyone gets automatic bids, right? That's the SEC sticking point right now, right? They don't want to give automatic bids to everybody. 
if everybody gets an equal amount of teams in, like all five say, hey, we got each conference gets two teams and then there's two at large. I think that's how it works. Because right now, the other three teams, the other three conferences, the alliance, the voting block, as you call it, I think appropriately, uh, they don't want to see seven SEC teams, two from the Big Ten, one from the ACC, and then a couple from the power of the group of five. They don't want to see that. Yeah, and if I'm the SEC, I actually believe Greg Sankey when he looks in the camera and goes, the four team works for us. In the end, this is the second time in five years they've gotten two of the four. Like, yeah, I don't really think it's disputable at this point. It does work for them. I think that you you bring up an interesting point because Greg Sankey mentioned, I believe it was Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated, after the proposal didn't go through again, he had mentioned that it's time for the SEC to rethink this playoff proposal. And everyone, I think, think because they had agendas uh, a lot of the media were like oh this is going to be the concessions that you're talking about I don't see a world where Greg Sankey ever concedes to like you mentioned if of the of the 12 teams 10 are automatic qualifiers I just don't see that I think at most he's willing to go to six because I think he believes in his mind during the proposal during the committee period in which they came up with the playoff I think he thinks he made significant concessions and, and he really did go in and with a good faith effort, but because Texas and Oklahoma wanted to go to the SEC, everyone's feelings are hurt and therefore he must be evil and bad. We can't do what he wants us to do. I took his comments when he said, rethink it. If you've ever been familiar with how SEC commissioners work, when they say rethink, usually what that means is, hell, I'll do it myself. Yeah. And I took that to be, hey, you think just Texas and Oklahoma are the only ones that wanted to that wanted a piece of this pie? I'll go and make my own thing and start, you know, my I'll go. I'll keep expanding. I'll pick off. Hey, Clemson, you want 60 million? Come on down. Hey, Florida State, you want this money? Come on down. Hey, Ohio State, you want this money? Come on down. And I think that is where this could perhaps be headed. Getting Oklahoma and Texas was uh, the first of, I, I think you're right, many dominoes. But, like, he killed, like, he got Oklahoma, he killed one conference. Yeah. Killed it. If he, all, all like, his next move is literally just Clemson and Florida State. For one, they make tremendous, uh, tremendous sense. They are regional and they are powerful. Now, South Carolina and Florida might not be happy about that. And in, in a different era, they never would have joined. In a yep. different era, Texas would not have been allowed in. They have always, and I think to their credit, protected the institutions they have from competition within their own state as best they can. If you're yep. already in, we're not, like, you know, they wouldn't let, like, Louisville, no. Yeah. South Carolina. I'm oh, sorry, Clemson. No. Um, you know, same thing with Florida State. Like, Florida would have blocked it. I don't think that's the case anymore. And we've proven uh, that by Texas. No, you're, you're 100% right. There used to be the quote-unquote gentleman's agreement amongst SEC institutions that when in-state institutions that were not in the SEC reached out about perhaps joining the SEC, 
there was an agreement amongst everyone that if if the in-state school was like, I'm against it, everyone kind of was like, all right, let's move on. That completely changed with Texas. Texas A&M, if, they, if, it, if that policy were still in place, never would have happened. And there are some people that would argue, well, A&M's kind of the new kid on the block. They didn't have the clout. No, 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 no. That was 100% a statement by Greg Sankey to all the member institutions. Do you like this check we cut you every single year? If yeah. so, we're going we're gonna to keep doing this the way that we want to do it. And to me, this is kind of what we've been talking about for months and months and months. There is now this clear, clear void of leadership. And that's kind of always existed in college sports because it's always been every man for himself to a certain degree. But now I think that it's 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 interesting in this sense. I think Greg Sankey was quietly letting everyone know, hey, if y'all aren't going to get this done, I'll get it done my way, and you can suffer the consequences. And now what I think we're starting to see is there's going to be this clear divide in college athletics between schools that think about sports and athletics, particularly football, and how much it means to their overall institution, and then schools that don't really believe in that. And that's mm-hmm. fine. Like, you're going to choose your own path. But I think what you're going to start to see is Ohio State operates way more like Alabama and Georgia than it does like Stanford or Cal. Yeah. Michigan, contrary to their, contrary to their jargon, if you will, they're the same way. And Notre yeah. Dame is the same way. And now these conferences that thought they were looking out in their best interest, they might be wounded gazelles on the Serengeti. Yeah. Look, the moment that, um, if this happens, but the moment that the SEC invites Clemson and Florida State, uh, and if they ever do, and I think that's the next domino, the moment that happens, then we, we are in for a completely different world because now that's two conferences that the SEC would have killed off. Because the the ACC without Florida State and Clemson probably ceases to exist. Uh, It's very much like the ACC of Michael Vick's time when it was basically Vautech and nobody else, right? Actually, maybe before Big East. I mean, that's like the old school Big East. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. Um, And you know, the Big Twelve is now what? It's it's not a Big Twelve anymore. It's 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 probably is still a pretty decent basketball conference, but that's about it. That's like the, the big 12 is now the big East South. It's a basketball conference. Let's be fair. I mean, I mean, let's be real. It's basically what it is, is it, it's the American. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the, it's the best of the American and the leftovers of the big 12, but you know, they believe that they're going to keep their status. I'll believe that when I see it. Every time we've had conference realignment dating back even to the 90s, it always shrinks by one. And to me, if you're in this situation where it's a power struggle, I can't see, I can't see that they're going to have the clout to survive. And so, I don't know. Like, to me, it just seems like it's always been inevitable that this is kind of where it's heading. Yeah. I think that this might have sped up the timeline more than uh, a lot of big J journos out there think. Like, I, I've been around the SEC enough 
up. So I know the buzzwords. I know the know kind of the cues. And it's going to be more than I think just that. If you're North Carolina, you can't afford to stay in that ACC. You have to go. No. If you're Virginia, you got to go. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's in the end, it's even if it's not a, a quote unquote fit, I mean, Maryland's in the Big Ten for a reason. Check yeah. was too big. And I guess that's kind of my big, big question before. to be good for fans. And I understand we're probably the last consideration in these situations. But I do kind of wonder, it's like the more and more you chase the dollar, the more and more you lose kind of, you lose what made you you. Like, you become more of a, a corporation than anything. Uh, no, you do. And, and the SEC is, is far different now than it ever was. I mean, it was an, it was an old South. You know, it was a very, you know, that yeah. typical, you know what I mean? That typical old South kind of conference. And it's expanded westward. Um, and it's expanded uh, you know, a little bit north into Missouri, too. It's like, you know, it's gone. It, it, it's it's made its changes. Uh, and it is now onto the frontier. And and it'll expand again. And it will expand again after that. Uh, the, the, this, this conference is a conference that is so powerful and has the ability to eat everybody up. I mean, it really does. It has the ability to do that and... If they choose to do that, they may lose their way. They may lose who they were, but who's somebody – and companies do this all the time. you got to think of these college conferences as corporations. Corporations yep. go through rebrands, reshifts. They go through uh, you know, changes at the top, changes at the bottom. They shift gears from wanting to build this to wanting to build that. You know, like when was the last time you saw an IBM computer ever? Right? When I mean, the they sold off their computer brand to Lenovo. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and now that I don't even know what they do now, but I know they're still a company. I still see commercials for them. So I have no idea what they do, but like you t companies do rebrands all the time and, and they, and they, they shift focus. And, and the sec was yeah. at one point, you know, before Arkansas came in, before South Carolina came in, it was, it was the same like six States. And now it's, it's much, much bigger. Yeah. And I mean, if you're, if you're the Mississippi States of the world, if you're the old misses of the world, if you're, you know, the Missouri's of the world, you are hitting your knees every single night and saying, thank God somebody along the way made this decision to, to be in this because, you know, they're going to continue to keep cashing those checks for nothing other than they were there first. I mean, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it is the ultimate, it's the ultimate being a legacy in the fraternity. Yeah, it really is. I just don't know, like, you know, when you get the, if you, if they continue to expand, I mean, you know, how many schools are viable uh, in, in the conference? Like, you know, is, is, uh, you know, you mentioned Mississippi and Ole Miss, Mississippi State and Ole Miss, uh, you know, is, you know, South Carolina and, and, and Kentucky and Tennessee and Missouri, uh, you know, these are not the, they've been, they've been down for a while. Um, are, are they, do they have a chance to compete or are they going to be like, uh, you know, like you said, Vanderbilt or, 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 or Missouri, like, do they even have a chance to compete? And that's the question that's going to happen, but they'll cash their check. Gladly, and that's going to be a big one. That is indeed, I think, where this is headed. When we come back, let's get into the college basketball picture. As RJ mentioned, it's a fun time of the year. We're getting down to the tournament. We're seeing who's for real. We're going to take a look at the top 16 teams according to the NCAA Tournament Committee. We're going to tell you what all that means to us. We'll do all that next right here on BetQLU.
From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Hey, welcome back to BetQLU. I am Jeffrey Wright. He is RJ Choppy. I want to get into the top 16 from the tournament committee in just a moment. But I have a confession to make to you, RJ. Oh, let's hear it. I think Sunday was a monumental day in my life. I think Sunday was officially the day that the internet broke my brain. I'm done. I'm out. When Jawan Howard threw the swipe, I don't, I don't know what you call it, but that melee and the ensuing mental gymnastics done by all parties involved, I remember just like looking at my computer and going, what are we doing here? Because this was my take on it. I'm curious to hear yours. Was I personally offended? Did I have to talk to my dog in a very serious manner about what Jawan Howard did? Absolutely not. Like that, in the end, like I'm watching it on a television. At the same time, it seemed pretty simple to me. It's like, well, you can't do that. Like that, that, you, that, can't you, can't, that. you just cannot do that. And, and to me, the, the suspension that, that followed he's gonna be suspended for the end of the regular season that's five games i don't know like to me like that seemed that seemed pretty reasonable like uh, you know what i mean like i i I didn't know how you felt but the the ensuing dialogues that everyone was trying to have online like that officially broke me i i am with you man it was uh it was pretty clear keep your hands off somebody if you can't handle people talking trash to you or saying something to you uh, then you can't be in sports and don't give me that. He touched me first. I mean, he didn't, he didn't like, like they were like, they were like, it's like, Hey, 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 stop. Like, I want to talk to you about something. I want to explain this. Um, but I mean, guys, it was like, I didn't have a conversation with my kids about this. I've got two yeah. boys that play sports they are 12 and nine. I did not talk to them about this at all because, you know, I don't lose my mind. If, if somebody gets into a skirmish, I don't do like, you know, there's a reason why we in the media, we don't get to go into the locker room immediately. There's like a cooling off period. Yeah. There's like a 10 minute cooling off period. What happens as soon as that game is over in a, in a heated moment? I don't, I, I tend not to lose my mind about it. And I find that the people who really have a problem with it are people who probably never played a sport at a, at a, at a, at a reasonably high level. And let's just say high school. Uh, they just didn't, they don't get the emotion, uh, the testosterone going through. And that's not an excuse, but it is a reason, I think. And, you know, again, he can't do that. And I'm glad that he got suspended. And I'm also more glad he didn't get fired because I didn't think that was a fireable offense. I thought that was a suspendable offense. Um, clearly suspendable. Keep your hands off people, especially other coaches. You are a leader of men. You, you have a, a, a duty to your university and to your players uh, even if it's romanticized, you are entrusted by their parents to tell to take them from, you know, young men to men, men, and and, and that is and or and you're, you're if you're a coach of the women's side from young women to, yeah. to grown women, and that's your duty as a coach. It's one of your main one of your duties, uh, and he failed in that moment. He failed to do that, uh, but that doesn't mean that that is that's the end of his story. That's being written. Um, this isn't the end of the world. Guys get into fights all the time. All the time. No, to your point, it is only a fireable offense if the school wants to fire you. Like, for Tom, if yes. Tom Crean does that, 
Tom Crean, because they're looking to fire him anyway, like, like that's going to end up being a fireable offense. But, you know, in the end, it, it boils down to Jawan Howard took him to an Elite Eight last year. So that, that's not right. going to be a fireable yeah. offense. No. And, it and, is and I'll tell you this. If, if, he had, if, if the person he had hit was a player on the other team, fireable. Got to go. Yes. You the funny thing to go. me was, the funny thing to me was, there was, like, and again, two players. Now, it's not player and coach, but there was a punch that landed, like a balled-up fist punch that landed. Like, they, you know, the, whatever, two Michigan yeah. kids get suspended for a game and then uh, a Wisconsin kid for a game. But it's like, that was kind of what was funny to me is, like, Jawan Howard got all the headlines where it's like, that was like a legitimate Street Fighter punch. Like, I was like, that was pretty good, pretty good blow. And that yeah. just got completely glossed over. Yeah. I mean, look, there were there were guys there. I mean, he he's tall enough and long enough to be able to swipe over the top of two players' heads. Like, he, and, and boy, I'll tell you, what a reach. The reach yeah. of Juwan Howard, man. Zero chance I ever try to fight him. None. I don't like to fight anybody. I can't fight. I'm a terrible fighter. I'm non-confrontational. I run. I am the anti. I am the opposite of the Klitschko brothers right now. Yes. Okay. All right. We had to get a little geopolitical conversation in here. Yes. We did. I am the complete opposite of them. If there's if there's fighting on the ground, I am I am running, or I'm in the air. I'm on a, a, a you know putting up helium balloons, strapping them in, and going. I'm gone. Uh, but Juwan Howard, uh-uh, not, not not messing with him. No, I'm with you. There's there's two types of people in this world. There's there's the people that when they see the commotion, they run to it. And then there's yeah. the people that are like, I'm getting the hell away. I'm right there with you. I am. Yeah, uh, yeah I would be uh, I would be out of there. That, that's that's pretty much uh, how I feel on that. All right. Let's get into the tournament committee last Saturday. It was right during the middle of BetQLU in the action. They released the top 16 teams. So what it means for those that don't know, if the tournament started today, this would be the top four seeds in each region. Gonzaga was the number one team. Auburn was number two. Arizona was number three. Kansas was four. Kentucky uh, was the first of the two seeds. Uh, so they would be taking on Kansas while Baylor was right behind them. Uh, Purdue and Duke. Here's what I found interesting about it, RJ. I thought it was interesting that they made the distinction despite the fact that Kentucky went to Kansas and beat them and beat them soundly, they basically were saying we're giving the nod to Kansas. So I, I thought that was interesting. The other thing that I thought was interesting was they kind of mentioned their criteria. And it was the ultimate, ah, this is just like being back in the college football playoff committee. They mentioned how much they prioritize getting work done on the road. And then yeah. they proceeded to say Kansas is the last of the number one seed. <laughs> now, in the end, if all things mattered, the only thing that would be different between Kansas and Kentucky is what jersey colors they wear in the in the Elite Eight. But I did think it was just laugh out loud funny that they're like, well, we really valued getting work done on the road. But here's an example that we just completely ignored it, what Kentucky did to Kansas on the road. Anything else stand out to you? Uh, you know, yes, because there, I, I thought there were some inconsistencies because they did take head-to-head into account on a lot of these, but not there. And yeah. that, that, that kind of confused me a little bit. Like, why would you take all the head-to-head into account, but not in that situation? Um, you know, I was a little bit, you know, I, I went and looked. They kind of, I got to give them credit for this. Um, 
they went much more closely aligned to the Ken Palm rankings than they did to the AP. Um, and, and I think that's great. I, I think because, you know, the AP, first of all, there's no way that all the AP and college and the coaches voters can watch all these games. No, as you mentioned to start the show, we had 150 basketball games last week. I felt like I spent my entire weekend watching college basketball, and I probably watched 25 games. That's still a lot. Man, know, that's and a that's lot of games. Like, and I didn't even – I wouldn't – you know, if that were a, an assignment for school, I wouldn't have even made a dent in it. No, I know. Man, watch 25 games while you can, man, until you have kids. Holy cow. That ain't happening. Uh, it's a different animal well, out there. Well, it, it helps. It helps when you have the show. Yes, that's true. That's yeah. very true. Well, I was making a pretty good dip then. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you know, there's there's a there's a chance, like you know, when you when when you're a voter, that you see two games on a Saturday. Yeah, so you can't make an accurate accurate representation of a top twenty-five. That's why I think it's smart. The committee, I think went more the Ken Palm route and, you know, some net ratings and such and, and used it like that. And, and that's good. Um, you know, were there surprises? Uh, yeah, sure. I was surprised that Kansas was ahead of Kentucky. Um, you know, I, I, th- I do think, I do think Baylor uh, is a, is a one seed. Um, I do think Houston is the top four seed. Am I missing Houston on this list? Like where, where's Houston? So I Houston was won. whatever. I think they I think they announced like Houston was in the whatever the next four. So they would have been a five seed. The I agree with you on the other two. I don't know, man. There's just something about Houston. I watched them a decent amount. They're a good, solid basketball team, but they just don't pass the eye test. Like I I you know what I mean? Like they can't they can't really shoot. They play tough defense. Like they play they play very overcoached, tough basketball, which you know, that's how you win a lot of games. But, man, like, that is a team that if they get into the tournament, like, I'm probably going to be fading them. I mean, I, I would consider it. Uh, I would consider fading. Are, are you are you surprised? Is, is Auburn as the overall number two, is that surprising to you? It wasn't surprising from a resume standpoint. I don't know where you are in Auburn. I enjoy watching them play. I am concerned with Auburn in the same way that I'm concerned with Gonzaga. I think they're both very good teams, but their guard play is kind of gross. And, you know, I just think back in my lifetime, like it's, it's an adage for a reason. When you come tournament time, it's oftentimes about guard play. I don't look at either one of those teams and think they've got good enough guard play. And I'm just trying to think, like, is, who's the last – Who's the last team to be a true title winner, title contender that did it through bigs? Because, like, I'm, I mean, I guess you could make the argument those Florida teams with Horford and Noah, but they also ago. had, but on top of that, they also had first round guards. Yeah. They have Corey Brewer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, that, yeah that, that was 15 years ago. Yeah. Those Florida teams. I mean, that was a long time ago. Uh, I, I'm trying to think, like, you know, the the Butler team that made that run, uh, you know, Gordon Hayward, I mean, was he, uh, is he a small forward? I mean, that's not really, you know, that's not a point guard, but, I mean, I mean it's he still, had the you ball got the ball in his hands. hands. He had the a ball lot. in his hands a lot. But, yeah, I mean, like, I yeah. don't think of him, like, as a traditional, hey, go get your back to the basket. Right. 
Uh, the Carolina teams, Machance, uh, McCants and, uh, you know, Sean May, uh, you know, but like, it's, it's not as if Rashad, you know, Sean May may have been the best player like, that he was maybe the tournament MVP, but it's not as if Rashad McCants was garbage. He's a first round draft pick. I think he was drafted higher than Sean May was anyway. Um, you know, so he, they had, they had guys there all over the place. So man, it, uh, it, it is, a, it is a guard league. Hansborough. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because like I think like I think like in comparison, I do think he was more of a traditional big. Like he was undersized, but like he played like a big. You know what I mean? Like get him the ball on the block. Like, but I don't I don't know. Like I think that's kind of where I am with college basketball in general right now. It's like I can't decide if if it is more wide open than usual. Like maybe if there is. If you have an absence of a truly great team or a handful of great teams, is there more opportunity or is it just it's relative in that while maybe there aren't maybe the 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 basketball itself isn't as good as it's been at the same time the same principles hold true. You've got to be, you know, a top 20 deficient or offensive efficiency team and a top 20 defensive efficiency team to still be a champion. That's kind of been the struggle that I've been trying to weigh as you know we get into these weekends and we're just watching all the basketball. Yeah, it it, it is a tough struggle to to to, to kind of wrestle with um, because you know it, th- there's a number of teams that are kind of on the bubble of both of those numbers. You know, yeah. and you know, it, it, you know, to me, there's got to be a plus minus with that, right? There's got to be a a little bit of a of, of a of a gray area, like if you're you know, number three in one, but you're 24 in the other or 22. I mean, that could be one game where you missed a couple of players due to COVID, you know? So there's gotta be you, some of those that are, there needs to be a little bit of a grace period. And there probably is. Uh, but, but again, that number holds true since Oh two. That's, that's not, it's not yesterday. It's 20 years. Yeah. It's 20 years with the data. No, I, I think the answer is it's usually the numbers at the end of the year. Yeah, And if you're going to end up going on a run in the tournament, you're going to beat really good teams. And to beat really good teams, that's going to move your efficiency metrics up. So there is a little, you know, there is kind of a somewhat of an asterisk next to it in that, okay, it isn't necessarily where you are when when the tournament starts. It's kind of where you are at the end of the tournament. And it makes sense. When you beat good teams, your number's going to go up. Yeah, that's true. They are, and uh, and that'll that'll always gonna ha- it's always gonna happen because uh, you don't you don't get you can there's easy roads there's easier and tougher roads to the final four, yeah. But when when you get to the final four, you're you're gonna be playing team you're 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 getting nothing but quad one wins uh, at that point, uh, and and that's really gonna boost your rating. No, uh, to your point, Baylor's path. Baylor's path was not the same as Houston's path. Houston, I believe, is the first ever team to get the Final Four without having to play a single-digit seed. Doesn't mean that they didn't earn it. Like you, in the end, you shouldn't get penalized for right. for there. But it's like not all Final Four runs are created equally. It's right. kind of, I think, how I would look at it. All right, when we come back next segment, it's actually a pretty good slate. We got some big games, Kansas and Baylor, Kentucky and Arkansas, Auburn, Tennessee, Purdue, Michigan State, We've also got Gonzaga back in action. I took a look at them this week yet again. We'll give you all our thoughts on the big weekend in college hoops when we come back right here on BetQLU.
tailgates to rushing the field. On Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action from noon to 8 Eastern. Available on BetQL and the Odyssey app. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Welcome back to BetQLU. I am Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. We got a pretty good slate, RJ, coming up on Saturday. You can make a case for several games as the headliner, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Ken Palm here. I'm gonna I'm gonna bow out and I'm gonna I'm gonna recuse myself and I'm gonna put all the blame on Ken Pomroy. I think the headliner is Kansas going to Baylor. Right now, Ken Palm shows a 78-74 win for Baylor. So when the line opens tomorrow, probably looking at Baylor minus four. This is an interesting thing with with Baylor and me, and I'm curious to know how you feel. I I am with you. Like I think they're good, but in the back of my mind, I keep wondering, can you can you really survive the amount of injuries that that, that basically they're going to have to and still be a contender? I mean, not only injuries, but how many guys they lost to the NBA last year too, or graduation. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there 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 is quite a bit. You know, can you? Yeah, you can. Uh, remember, you know, they do have that. They had that one that one wild card in their pocket, which I think works really, really well tournament time, and that is the 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 zone when they play a zone defense. And you know, we've seen we've seen Syracuse teams that aren't really that good that make a run. Uh, and a lot of that could be attributed to the zone. It gives people fits. If you don't have play that every year, you know, a big east team that plays Syracuse every year, yeah, they can deal with the zone. But the random team that doesn't face them ever, um, you know. It, it can wreak havoc on you. You get one shot. You're not getting a rebound. You better make your shots. And, um, you know, Baylor's very long. And they've always been very long. And they've, they've, they got really good athletes on defense. Uh, and, and that can wreak havoc uh, on another team. So, yeah, I do think they can make a run, even with the injuries and the loss of guys. But it's, you know, it, it, they are going to have to have some help and along the way. And that help would be teams having off shooting nights. Where are you on Kansas? Because... In the end, if you're going to essentially be a one-man offense, at least it's probably better to have him be a perimeter player, as yeah. Kansas has. But I don't know. There's just something about him. It's like, I recognize that they're good, but that would they fall in line up. If I'm having to pick a future, that's one of those ones that I'm going to let somebody else draft Kansas. Yes, I would not take Kansas. Kansas is not like, – I I I'm not even going to factor them in uh, to my national title pick. I think they're a good team. Um, would it surprise me if they, if they made the final four? No, it's not going to surprise me if they made the final four. I would bet against it. Um, I think it's more likely they get knocked out in the week in, in on the second, uh, on, on the weekend, the first weekend, than they made the final four. I think, um, I, you know, not that they're a bad team. I just, you know, they're not a great team either. Uh, and I think they are going to be a little bit overseeded. I don't know that I think that they're a one seed. I don't, they're not better than Kentucky and I don't think they're better than Baylor. Uh, I think they're a mid-range two-seed. And they're going to be seeded as a one. That'll be to their advantage. Um, you know, but it is about matchups. And, and yeah, I, I, I like Kansas. I don't love Kansas. I think they're a good team, but I don't consider them on that title contender. I think they're on that title contender list because of their name. Yeah, I I think you're right in the sense that I think they're going to be overseeded because, well, I don't know if anyone truly sucks in the Big 12, 
it does feel overvalued, like in general. Like everyone's just like, it's the best league, and Kansas is the best team in the best league. And I feel like that gives Kansas the benefit of the doubt. But I don't know, man. Like, you know, I just, I'm, I haven't seen anything that definitively says to me this is the best league in college basketball right now. Well, you know what it is. I, I think we've, we've reached that, that, that crucial point. Um, we used to have it with the ACC. The Big 12 has been so good now for about half a decade, almost to a decade, that people are just kind of giving it the title of best conference year after year, whether or not it's deserved. And look, you know, the SEC probably gets that, you know, all the time football too. Yeah, the SEC may may not have been the best conference year in, year out, every single year. But they're going to get that benefit of the doubt. I think the Big 12 is kind of approaching that because, man, it is a really good basketball conference. Oklahoma's been very good for a long time. Texas Tech's been in the finals lately. Baylor just won it. Kansas is always there. You know, Oak State is a uh, a pesky monster sometimes. Um, you know, Iowa State is 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 hit and miss. So there's been opportun- opportunities for, you know, K-State under Frank Martin uh, yeah. at times are pretty good. So there, it, it's been a it's been a really good conference, but I think this year, yeah, it, it's on it's on name recognition now. All right, we got the Bruce Pearl Bowl. We got Auburn going <laughs> to Tennessee. Tennessee last week, you had mentioned it. If if the Vols are on the road, go ahead and fade them. The Vols yep. are at home though. Yeah. How you feeling? How you feeling about the Vols as they host Auburn right now? Ken Palm shows seventy one sixty eight at Tennessee win. So. If I give you the Vols favored by three, which way are you going? You know, they're a really good home team. Uh, they really are. They feed up that crowd. They've got energy. They, they, they seem like their offense plays at a second gear. Uh, so I, uh, if it's minus three, I would probably, I, would, I mean, look, I, don't, I would probably take them. Uh, I don't like to bet on my school uh, ever, bet for or against. I usually, t- I usually stay away. But – you know, they play, they're a different team at home. At home, they are a legitimate top 10 basketball team. And on the road, uh, you could argue that they're fringe top 25. Uh, you know, but, but they've got, you know, they're, they're some of their younger, like Kennedy Chandler, he is a, he's no longer a freshman at this point. Uh, he's, uh, he's a sophomore now, and, and, and he's good. He is solid. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that, you know, Tennessee at home, this is a real. This is a, this is a golden opportunity for them to get up to move up a line. Uh, if, if they win out, if they win out against, uh, let's see, they've got, they've got uh, Auburn. They've got they've Auburn got- this week. They've got, they have Auburn. Then they have Georgia. Which, I mean, yeah. if you lose that game, you deserve whatever punishment right. you should get. Uh, and then they get uh, Arkansas at home. They get the return trip yeah. from the Razorbacks. I mean that that's two top twenty-five wins, one of which would be against uh, a team that's going to be a one seed. I mean they they could theoretically, if they have a halfway decent showing, I mean they could theoretically see this as a as a chance to move up a line. You know, I don't think they'll get to the two line, but you know, if they win these re- next three you know conference games, and then make it at least till Saturday in the SEC tournament. I could see them as a two seed. Well, and then on top of that, like you start to look at the SEC standings, like eh, they can certainly have an impact on that. I don't know if they can end up winning the league out right in the no, regular season. I, I, think, yeah, I, don't think I think they can get within a game or two, and that might be what it takes to actually get uh, to that two or three seed. Uh, then we've got Kentucky going to Arkansas. So we got – it is funny how if you're a gambler 
you can hate a team one year, and that's typically been me with Kentucky. And honestly, I avoided Kentucky early in the season. But ever since Cal started calling them his guys, like, you know, it's a situation where, as I mentioned, you're not going to win every bet. Right now, I think you'd be 4-2-1 and one if you just blindly bet Kentucky since, the, since Cal started calling them his guys. And on top of that, the last two games, they've given us live opportunities, or two of the last three games, they've given us live opportunities to just hammer them at the half. They go to Arkansas. It's going to be a great environment. I am a little worried about my principal play here of just blindly betting Kentucky. I, I, I'm you just know, being honest. Yeah, Arkansas at home. I mean, they went yep. on that. They went on a late second half run uh, this past weekend, uh, and they had a uh, you know, it was a good finish uh, for them uh, to that game against Tennessee. I think they can do the same thing against Kentucky. Although Kentucky, I mean, they have shown when they are showing up on a nationally televised weekend game, they they will come to play. They will they will, they will come to play in that game. Um, but you know, Kentucky is in that spot. You, you said that they're the team that uh, sometimes it, it frustrates you to, to bet on. Oh. Sometimes it's Arkansas or whatever. I'll tell you, for me this year, it's been Alabama. Uh, every time I take Bam in the points, man, I get I get completely screwed. Uh, they can't shoot that day or their defense sucks that day, whatever. Alabama that year, this year, today, is for me, is, is that team that I cannot figure out how to bet. Yeah, there's no question. They're one of the most bipolar teams I've seen this year. And I guess it makes sense because so much of it is the is what they do from the three ball. But, I mean, if you took Alabama last week in that Kentucky game, like you you have to be just like, I cannot. Like, that might be – that was one of those bets where if you took Alabama and you lost in that fashion, I could understand you going, I'm never betting Alabama ever again. Like, I, I can see where that was the type of game that just – you swear them off. Yeah. I mean, what, once that happened, never again. Uh, yeah. they, they owe me. They, they, I need to, I need to see it. I'm going to need to see like three straight covers from them uh, before yeah. I place a bet on Bama uh, in basketball at this point. Uh, at least during conference play. You know, when you get to the tournament, who knows? Who knows? Your sure. tournament games are, are so different. You, you, you bet completely different. Uh, I've always thought that the the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight rounds are are by, are the best and easiest rounds to bet in the entire tournament because you've got a you've got an idea of how these teams play on neutral floors against random teams. Uh, but man, I, I'm not trusting Bama right now. Uh, also, a PSA: Gonzaga takes on St. Mary's. They're on the road. Ken Palm shows a 75-68 win. Friendly reminder: if this line is under double digits absolutely hammer it like yeah. I, I i've never been more convinced that i'm right on my take of this idea that the west coast conference has gotten better it's a fallacy and on top of that saint mary's like when they go to bed they look under the bed for gonzaga no matter what like there's the, it's just the way that it is like they just live rent free in their head if you can get that as if they give me seven points like i'm just going to do like a happy dance and run around in circles thank you thank you thank you I will cash that bet. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, totally agree. Uh, the, I have zero respect for that conference. Uh, you know, they, they, sometimes you'll get a team that 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 will put up a fight and and they'll and they'll look good going into that Gonzaga game, and that when that Gonzaga game hits, they lose by thirty. I mean, it, yes. it is year in and year out, and it's been like that. And how many times do we get fooled by the Santa Claras and the St. Marys of the world? That, oh, they're gonna they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it this week. No. They Watch out, they're feisty. 
Oh, yeah. man, they're feisty. <laughs> San Francisco. Literally, yeah. all I had to do was lay 10 and a half on Thursday night, and I did so gladly. It was covering at the half. And, like, at no point did I ever think, like, oh, man, this could get sweaty. Like, I was just like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I never once thought that. And Gonzaga is a tremendous team, and that conference is, I mean, they could, they could say they're competitive all they want, and they might be against each other, but they're not against the Zags. Yeah, just because every team at the bottom is the same doesn't mean you have a competitive league. We're here each and every Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you always check us out. He's RJ Choppy. I'm Jeffrey Wright. I want to thank you for listening to and watching BetQLU. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app.